Have you ever felt a twinge of worry about AI taking over your job or diluting your creativity? Well, what if you could turn that fear into creative fuel? We've just published an amazing new ebook called The Four Keys to Success in an AI World. And this is more than just a guide. It's a deep exploration into the human skills that AI can't touch. The skills that are essential for standing out and thriving, no matter how much technology evolved. We're talking about real differentiators here, like creativity, emotional intelligence, critical thinking, and much more. Inside, you'll find actionable insights and strategies to develop these skills, whether you're a creative person, a business person, or just simply someone who loves personal development. This isn't a story about tech taking over. It's a story of human creativity thriving alongside AI. Picture this, AI as your creative co-pilot, not just as a tool, but a collaborator that enhances your unique human skills. The Four Keys ebook will show you exactly how to do that and view AI in a new way that empowers you instead of overshadows you. Transform your creative potential today. Head over to unmistakablecreative.com slash four keys. Use the number four, K-E-Y-S. That's unmistakablecreative.com slash four keys and download your free copy. I'm Srini Rao, and this is the Unmistakable Creative Podcast, where you get a window into the stories and insights of the most innovative and creative minds who've started movements, built thriving businesses, written best-selling books, and created insanely interesting art. For more, check out our 500-episode archive at unmistakablecreative.com. All right. Hey, everybody. It's Srini. Welcome back to the Unmistakable Productivity Hour, Unmistakable Creativity Hour. Uh, we haven't decided, which actually makes a perfect segue to today's topic, which is all about how do you make decisions? Gareth, what's going on? Hey, Srini. Hey, everybody. How's it going? Not a whole lot over what, here. What decisions What decisions have you made today? Bro, I made way too many decisions today. It was a mess. Today was honestly like We're, a really difficult day. I don't have many difficult days in my business, but uh, yeah. here's the here I'll give you the cliff notes. Um, Airtable pushed out a release that basically everyone in the world has been asking for for the last three years. They they gave it to everyone yesterday. Remember, I'm an Airtable consultant, right? They gave it to everybody without even an announcement, and then six hours later, they decided to pull it away. They were like, "Oh, sorry, we shouldn't have actually given that to anybody. Our bad." We didn't mean to actually do that. All right. So what, <laughs> what decisions did you have to make? You do have to make. Clearly, yeah. Airtable made a decision that right. fucked you up. Fair but, enough. I, I got to yeah. put out all the fires from our list and from our clients who are like, what happened? Yeah, I saw that email from What's you today. And I was just like, what is this about? Yeah. Yeah. So, so yesterday, Tuesday, yesterday was Tuesday as of recording. I normally don't create content on Tuesday. I woke up on Tuesday. There's this massive new release on Airtable, massive new feature, groundbreaking. And I'm like, I have to do a midweek recording session. I cranked out a video. I edited the video all within two hours, published it to YouTube, sent it out to the full email list and was like, hey, everybody, here's what's going on. This is massive news. Stay on top of the, stay on top of it. Be, be the first to know. And then an hour after that, it was like, nope, that's all a joke. We didn't really mean to do that. Sorry. So then I had to backpedal and say, hey, everybody, we really tried our best to give you the most up-to-date information. But in terms, it turns out that uh, Airtable didn't mean to actually give us this feature that everyone's been asking for forever. So this is actually a perfect example of how decisions don't just stop with the first choice that you make. Uh -huh. So uh, Ray Dalio talks about this. I, have you read any of the Ray Dalio books? Have you read Principles? You know who Ray Dalio is. Of course I know who he is. I can't say that I've read his work. Sorry. 
Okay, so you're an idiot. Yeah. Do you need to read more Everybody books? Everybody knows it. Um, but <laughs> you're smarter than I am, so you know I get to say that. Um, well, That's very self-degrading so in about a roundabout way, but okay. The, the, yeah, yeah, exactly. So he talks about this idea of uh, first and second order consequences mm-hmm. uh, to your decisions. So this is something, and it's funny because this isn't even in our outline for the episode, no. um, which it kind of just came up organically. But a lot of people, when they make decisions, they only think about the immediate outcome, right? So let's just use a health as an example. Mm-hmm. You know, you're like, hey, you know what? I'm going to smoke a pack a day. Because let's be honest, smoking feels good. I mean, who are we kidding? There were some dark days and some dark years in my life where where I, I yeah, yeah, I mean, both so both of us it, we both of us smoke we've cigarettes. Had bad I used to smoke cigarettes when I drank. We're not recommending yeah. it to any listeners. We've we've outgrown no, that no, today, no. but we were we were bad. I mean, problem well, children. I mean, coming from two guys who are three glasses of wine in in a podcast, you know, we're talking <laughs> about good habits and bad habits. But hey, yeah, hey, whatever. hey, 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 everyone's got a vice, bro. Come on, get off my back. <laughs> I don't trust people who don't have vices, and I think people who say they don't have them are lying. Oh, guaranteed. I won't. No, I'm not even going to entertain that. Or, or the people, or the people who actually don't have any vices are usually horrible. Or they're boring. Like, yeah, one of the two. Yeah. So I'm sure we must. Let's let's hang out with people. We probably offended somebody. I'm sure we've offended half the audience. Sorry, not sorry. Yeah. Let's move on. But you know what I mean. Vices. (laughs) You know, you might not be a horrible person, but uh, yeah, I, I know people think that not having vices makes them holier than thou. I, I had a friend in college, no vices, one of the worst people I know. Yeah, not surprising. Literally screwed over all his friends. You know, he had no bad habits. Oh, how good for he him. He just screwed over everybody he, he knew. Everybody yeah. hates him, but exactly. at least he's a Puritan. How nice. He's got no bad habits. Good, good, yeah, good. exactly. Um, <laughs> no, but you made a good point because one of the things that people don't think about when it comes to decisions is that there is a first order consequence mm-hmm. and there is a second order consequence. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we're talking about smoking. Yeah, great. Smoking feels good. That's the first order consequence. You do that for 10 years and you have lung cancer. That's not even a second order consequence. That's like a 20th order consequence because it adds up like the impact of your decisions compounds mm-hmm. over time. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't think about that, whether it's, you know, saving, whether it's, you know, bad health habits, whatever it is, by the way, on an unrelated side. And so like basically what Airtable did was they didn't consider the second order consequences of releasing something that wasn't ready. So now that had a, a domino effect mm-hmm. where you create a video saying this new thing is out. Then you have to backpedal and tell your whole audience. And I'm guessing you're not the only one who suffered from that. I'm guessing oh, a lot no. of bad things happened. There was a because ripple so, effect for sure. It was not just me. Yeah. So t- tell us about the ripple effect. You know, give us a summary. Like, don't give us the, yeah. the details because nobody gives a shit about the details. Yeah, that's where the devil is anyway. So <laughs> the high yeah. level version, <laughs> the high level version. Well, if you don't know, use Airtable. Then I personally, I could care less about the details. Right, right. I just want to know. No, yeah, for sure. Here's 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 the gist. There's a whole community of consultants and experts who work around this space who help propel Airtable. We support Airtable through you know, uh, um, our social media posts, our videos, all the content we create around it to educate the community. And so, of course, when you release a feature and then you pull it back and say, just kidding, there's a ripple effect that that, sorry, there's a ripple effect that that community uh, feels. And there's no way around it. Because every single consultant went out there, published stuff on Twitter, 
Facebook, LinkedIn, and was like, check out this new feature. In my case, creating a whole YouTube video around it, just to pull it back an hour later and say, my bad, apparently that was a mistake. (laughs) Yeah. Well, speaking of mistakes, I mean, not that I like to talk about news or anything like that on this show, but I think it actually is, you know, really relevant to the topic of decision making. Um, But you know what, before we get into it, I want to play a clip for you from our conversation with Annie Duke. Take a listen. One of the best ways to sort of dig down and think about this is to think about ordering in a, in a restaurant. Mm-hmm. So like, I'm sure you know these people who like, I mean, literally it, they're trying to solve, you know, relativity or something. like that. It's like 20 minutes for them to try to yeah. decide. And it's like, they're asking you like, what do you think? What should I order? They're asking the waiter, like, you know, which, between these dishes, like which one would you have? Um, <laughs> right. Um, but this is actually, this is actually quite a lot of people are, are doing this. Right. And so it, I, I think that it, if they just stopped and said to themselves, you know, what are the stakes of this decision? Like, well, first of all, it's low stakes on its face. Cause you're going to eat another meal in like six hours. Mm-hmm. So like you're going to get another try really fast. Um, but the other thing is, uh, this is, I think, a really important question to ask yourself. Whatever the result of this is, do I think in the future, like let's say in a week, as I look back on my happiness over the week, that how the chicken was versus the fish is going to have ticked my happiness up or down at all? <laughs> oh, my God, dude. I'm like holding in my laughter as I'm listening to that. It's so funny. It's so funny because it's so, so on point. Tell me about... Well, yeah, of course. So, I mean, all of us do that. So tell me about an example where you did something that's stupid. Well, okay. I'm sorry. I'm laughing, not because I readily think of an example where I did stupid stuff, although I'm sure they're out there. I'm laughing because it's <laughs> comical that, that I've been in that situation where somebody else is taking 30 minutes to order their dinner. And I'm like, what are you doing? It's dinner Let's get going. <laughs> Can't you see the server's face right now? Because I've been a server, right? I bartended my way through college. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Like, can't you see the server's face right now? You can tell that they're ready to move on. And you've already taken up five times longer than you should have taken just to order a freaking meal, man. Come on. Or, or a drink at a uh, bar. I mean, I can imagine, especially at a busy bar. Dude, when you're running five yeah. deep in a bar, which is bar slang for saying you've got, you know, a line of five people. And and somebody's sitting there and they finally fight their way up to the front of the bar and then they look at you like they haven't even considered the fact that they have to tell you what they want to drink. And this is the first time it's <laughs> entered their mind that, oh my gosh, I need to actually communicate with you what I want you to produce for me. It's maddening. It's maddening. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. Well, so, you know, we said we weren't going to talk about the news. You know, I, I don't normally like to talk about the news, <laughs> but I think that she made a really good point, yeah, yeah. right? That, um, those kinds of decisions are what she, Annie Duke says, are, are decisions with low reversal costs where, you know, your dinner isn't going to matter, mm-hmm. you know, 5, 10, 20 years from now. But there are certain ones where it is going to matter, uh, where the consequences of what you do today will be incredibly significant in the long run. Mm-hmm. And war is a great example of Ugh, that. Yeah. Where... You know, I mean, as as unfortunate as it is, and you know, or, or, you know, not that it matters because they need, uh, you know, real resources, not just words. But you know, our hopes and prayers are all with people in Ukraine. If any of our listeners are in Ukraine, please reach out to us. Um, we actually, honestly, if you're a listener in Ukraine, 
reach out to me personally. You can email me at srinyamistakelmedia.com and I will have you as a guest on the podcast to tell us what's going on. Mm -hmm. We need you know, real unfiltered information. Um, so if you're a Ukrainian listener who just happens to be listening to this, please feel free to email us. I absolutely will feature you as a guest. I think it's important that we tell your story. Uh, that being said, you know, one of the challenges right now is that a lot of countries in the world are having to make a decision mm -hmm. about whether or not to get involved. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's not an easy decision to make to what we were talking about earlier. I mean, realistically, like, you know, if the, the second order consequence of a bad meal at a restaurant might be diarrhea. <laughs> that's like I mean, worst that's case, about, bro. That's worst case. I mean, what's food yeah, poisoning? I mean, oh, no. You know? Yeah. Have you ever gotten food poisoning? It sucks. I, maybe I've had it once, but, you know, yeah. Yeah, it's terrible. Trust me. I, there's this donut shop I went to in Berkeley once. Uh, all right. Not once. Multiple times. <laughs> and I got food poisoning on my 20th birthday. Ooh. I wouldn't believe this. You know? I swore I would never go back there. I was like, to hell with this place. And one night, a friend and I got really stoned. And there's only one place in Berkeley that's open until 3 a.m. Uh, is this donut shop? This donut shop? Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, this bad. is, you know, but not only that, there's this Chinese place that was closed. We literally walked all over Berkeley looking for food. We couldn't find anything that was open. And stuff in Berkeley is open really late, but clearly it was late when we started. Uh, <laughs> And I remember the donut place that gave me food poisoning. This is, you know, how crazy it gets. I was banging on the fucking glass. <laughs> Other I'm like, all right, man. She's like, come on, man. Just give us one donut. That's all we're asking for. The worst part is there's like some 17 year old kid on the other side, just like of that door going, I'm not supposed to let you in. Like you just like ruined yeah. somebody. <laughs> just like crushed him. Yeah. yeah. But oh, to man. his credit, he opened oh, the door. He did. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems, too like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. 
connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. As creators, we're always on the move. Whether it's a live podcast event, a pop-up shop, or a workshop, we're constantly interacting with community. And that's where Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe comes in. Imagine this, you're at a live event, a listener loves your merch, or a participant wants to sign up for your course on the spot. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, you can accept their payments right there and then, right from your iPhone so there's no extra hardware or no delays. Total game changer. It's not just for creators. Any business owner can do this. It's about making transactions smoother and much more personal, growing your business in your way. We've been using Stripe for our products and courses for a long time, and now with Tap to Pay on iPhone, you can take your business to the next level too. So visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone to learn more. Remember folks, with tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe, your business is always at your fingertips. He opened the door and he gave us our donuts. Oh that was a God. good decision as far as it? I'm concerned. I mean, I mean, now he's getting featured on your podcast, well, you know, two decades later. Well, <laughs> exactly. I mean, who, who knows you know, what that poor guy's name is. But that's a decision where the consequences <laughs> of that decision it had no reversal cost. Nobody would know any better. And he basically helped two stone guys yeah, deal with their munch. Well, okay, but we're getting ahead of ourselves on reversal cost. I mean, that's like, that's the next topic. We got to, we got to, we got to clear out. Yeah. So let, let's hit this reversal cost idea, right? Because we're talking about war um, and whether or not we get involved in conflicts. And that's the problem with war is that it's unpredictable by its nature. I mean, I, like, I, I don't think anybody on the planet, yeah. based on the response that we've seen, wants to go straight from a global pandemic into a world war. No. But think about the decisions that companies have to make in this situation. Ugh. I mean, Russia's a big country. You, you, like, there are probably millions of people there that basically contribute to the economy of other countries, and you're saying, I'm making a decision that is going to cannibalize the revenue from this one country, from an entire country, not, not a small country. No. But yeah. you're thinking about this from a standpoint of first and second order consequences. And it's like, well, what's the first order consequence of not doing business? We lose revenue. Yeah, fine. What's the second order consequence? If we choose not to do this, what if we lose all our customers in other countries because they've chosen not to do this? What if Apple says, you know what? We're going to keep selling iPhones in Russia. And suddenly everybody's like, fuck Apple. I'm going to get an Android. You being an Android guy would probably be happy about yeah, that. Yeah, I'd be like, finally. Horseshit, but thanks for waking up, everybody. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Jeez. Yeah. Took you long enough. No, <laughs> we, we should do that. Yeah. Yet another decision that has no, no long-term no impact long-term on your happiness. Impact. Whether you're an Android. 
<laughs> but yet everyone's yeah, well, going to spend, you know, an hour of their oh, of their work trust me, week. The, that debate. I, yeah. the, the best part is, I bet you will get more emails about the Android versus oh, iPhone yeah. debate than we will about this oh, entire episode. People are going to be like, "Feel free to write in. Yeah. Feel free to call in. Well, you know, we would love to hear your voicemails." Uh, on you know, us. I can't believe you're best friends with this guy who is an Android user. This is that's where I draw the line, yeah. bro. Yeah, which is annoying know. because I can't <laughs> like I can't text Gareth from my MacBook. I have to use my phone. Yep. I make that decision intentionally just to put you through extra. Doesn't hoops. your wife use an iPhone? No, God no, she has class. <laughs> Wait, I thought your wife was an iPhone. No user. way, man. The whole family is uh well, with the exception of my mother in law who's on our plan. But everyone else is uh is uh, an Android user. So that tells you what kind Wait, of company so you keep. Did your wife <laughs> use Android? <laughs> Fuck you. Man. And, now, you know, you know, you remember what Bill Gates said when Steve Jobs and him were on stage together uh, about taste? I, I don't No. Yeah. Basically, he said he didn't actually say this, but Steve Jobs said, yeah, I pre- appreciate the you know, Bill Gates taste or uh, Steve Jobs taste. Mm. So people who use Apple devices have taste. Oh. That's what it comes down to. So, I mean, I feel like you're, I feel like you're really inferring a lot of bullshit out of there, but okay. <laughs> if that's, I mean, if that's how you draw a logical consequence, so, all right. That's the that's the decision I have made based on you know consuming one piece one, of yeah, media, one slice of media. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. I mean, all right. Yeah. Well, all right. Speaking of decisions <laughs> that we make based on one slice of media, like we're in this really bizarre situation where we're getting flooded with information yeah. about this war. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I've been really lucky that I've gotten to have conversations with a lot of people who've either been White House staffers or, I mean, hell, we had Andrew Yang, who's a presidential candidate. Yeah. And I love that episode. The thing that, yeah, the, well, the th- and you said this guy's not going to, you know, he's not going to win. But amazingly well, enough, he had a hell of a campaign. Yeah, really? I mean, do- I mean, he got a lot of. He got a lot of media. You know how much publicity that guy got? Like most, do you know how much, how hard it is to get publicity for a presidential candidate? Let me just, let me just say, I thought Andrew Yang was an incredible, you know, candidate, but I also thought it was completely unrealistic that we ever expected him to win. Yeah, of course. I mean, unfortunately, that's the case. Well, and I hate, I hate to like draw, you know, sweeping conclusions, but in fact, Somebody approached me about helping on his campaign pro bono. And I was like, well, I mean, if I were helping to seat the next president, that would be one thing. This is like Airtable related consulting stuff. That'd be one thing. But like, realistically, we have to all know that he's not going to win. And you know that. Yeah, but now he's on the White House staff. This is a perfect example of (laughs) second order consequence that you didn't consider. Well, tell me about second order consequences so that I can make better decisions and and. No, I mean, think about it, right? Yeah. So you decide not to do a pro bono thing for Andrew Yang, which is fine because you're running a business, not a charity. Like realistically, like, like if I talk to you about every pro bono request I get, it's like one a week. Like, yeah, not to be okay, a jerk, that's but fine. like my word. No, dude, no, no, that's fine. We're not, we're not, we're not. Yeah, yeah, I agree. We have to draw a line. All right. But presidential campaign of a guy you know is not going to win, yeah. but Andrew Yang is influential. and. Yeah there are second order consequences. So like Andrew Yang ends up in the white house staff right now, the white house could be one of your clients. <laughs> well, if they were, so I couldn't that is, tell you, Srini. So I guess this kind of, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. No, but th- that, but that is a good example of how the decision you make in the moment mm-hmm. is not the only con the outcome. I get it. I get it. The decision you make. Right. Yeah. 
and war is a great example of this where, you know, I mean, God, we feel for those people. Like, I mean, what we're seeing on TV is horrible. Awful. I mean, it's horrific. I've never seen anything like this. I, I don't know about you. Like, I, you know, I grew up during a couple of wars, but I didn't really watch them on TV. Same. This is the first time as, uh, a, you know, an adult, I'm looking at this thinking, holy crap. Can you imagine if in the United States, suddenly you had to leave your house and take a few pictures, a, a bag, and maybe your laptop? I can't even wrap my head around it. Not at all. I mean, that's, that's just tragic. Because, it, because a so... country decided to do it. Like, and that's, that's like yeah. the worst part. It's like, no, we decided. We're coming yeah. on in. Well, so the reason we're talking about this, and I'm not, you know, as yeah. most of you know, like, I don't really, I, I mean, I will, I bring in people from every background, every race, every religion, every political persuasion. Like, that is one thing we've always made a point to do. Yeah is to bring diverse viewpoints. I mean, I want to interview an ex-white supremacist because I think it would be important to understand that thought process to understand how we've become so divided. Um, Yikes. But, I mean, yeah, no, but I, but I respect look, your, your desire to, I mean, but at a certain point, like, wow, really? That's, well, yikes. no, I mean, an ex-white ex, 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 supremacist. Okay, emphasis on the ex. Yes. Gotcha, gotcha. An ex, like, why, what was it that led that person to change their mind? Because that's a decision, that mm-hmm. has a ripple effect. And that's powerful. Like if somebody, if, if enough people hear that, that could be transformative on the impact that we have on society. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, ultimately, uh, I mean, as much as I want millions of people to be listening to this, I also want people's lives to change for the better. <laughs> and shout, you know, I do. Okay. So like not to derail and, and I certainly don't want to get political, but like, you know, there's this whole controversy with Joe Rogan and Spotify right now. He's got millions of listeners, yeah. but he does a lot of stupid stuff. Like, well, he spreads misinformation, apparently. Yeah, that, I mean, he he likes to say that he, uh, you know, interviews all sides. That sounds familiar. Who else says that? <laughs> but um, well, no, I mean, I, I I think that that is a good point. We because the truth is, on mainstream media, unfortunately, based on the way that we've designed social platforms you get more of what you already believe yes. you get confirmation bias. Oh. And I can tell you this from my own YouTube consumption habits. I started watching Seth Meyers. And next thing I know, every video on my YouTube is uh, Trevor Noah, who I love, uh, you know, John Oliver right. is brilliant. Right. And then but I will every now and then, and then, and every now and then I do go and watch Tucker Carlson because I want to know what he's saying. Well, sure. I mean, I think it's important to know what all the opinions are, but I'm curious to know what happens when you watch my YouTube videos. All of a sudden, you know, Ivy League professors start appearing in your uh, YouTube feed. Does it? Nah, <laughs> usually it's just it. You know, idiots talking about you know what they don't know about. You know, okay, you know, a, making up making up making bullshit productivity okay. strategy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah that's yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. I would expect. But all right, so you know, we're talking about war in particular, yeah. right? And so, and we'll actually start to talk about individual decisions here in a second. But I think this is important because one of the things I realized is that we live in a society that where individual actions elect, affect collective outcomes. Mm-hmm. And I learned this from my dad, of all people, and I've shared this story on the show before, where he told me once that the sanitation workers in India went on strike. And keep in mind, India is dirty. Right. You know? And this was when he was growing up, and it was really dirty then. So millions of sanitation workers go on strike in a country that's already filthy. What do you think is going to happen? It's going to get even filthier. Right. Um, and so... That's the thing with war that's so complicated is that one country's decisions, particularly the United States, 
could literally create this ripple effect that you're talking about, just like Airtable. And now we're all bringing it full circle. See, we had a point here. Yeah. It sounded like we were going in all sorts of directions, but we were actually headed somewhere. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I mean, you have basically a situation where an individual action affects collective outcomes. And that's not just true for countries. That's not just true for companies. That's not just true for communities. That's true for individuals too. We don't think about that. You know, Alex, Alec Ross, who uh, was on the White House staff, told me, he said, we've built this society that's becoming increasingly individualistic, mm-hmm. which is really unfortunate because that's how we end up with students riddled with mountains of student loan debt. Oh, yeah. That's how you end up with people with jobs they hate. But that's what's even worse is that ripples. You know, he yeah. told me when I asked him about blue collar workers, he said, I was like, what do we not see? I mean, this is a guy who basically went from being a blue collar worker you know, working in a factory to being a White House appointee. Wow. Yeah. So he's done it all. I mean, he was a school teacher. I mean, he's about about got as diverse as a background as you can imagine. And he told me, he said, what you don't see is how hard that work is. Mm. Not watching it on TV, but going and doing it. And not just for a day. Go and do it for a month. He's talking about the blue collar work. He's saying that's the hard part? Yeah. Yeah. We we honestly don't give blue collar workers in this country the, the credit they deserve. Truth is, none of us would have gotten through the pandemic without them. I mean, even in the gig economy. Yeah. Like, like it or not, the guy who drives your Uber, the guy who delivers your Amazon packages, that's the new modern version of blue-collar work. And those people deserve far more credit than we give them. None of us would have gotten through the pandemic without them. Oh, 100% agreed. I mean, let's say, you know, as leave, leave healthcare workers alone for just a minute. And let's yeah. go to the grocery store workers, the Instacart delivery drivers, as you said, the gig economy, the Uber, the Lyft drivers, mm-hmm. uh, anyone driving for Grubhub or you know DoorDash who was giving us our food so that we could sit in our ivory towers and not contaminate our families. Yeah. Like, dude. Those guys are modern day superheroes who don't get anywhere near the credit they deserve. 100% agreed. But here's the thing. If you and I were 10 years younger... Or 20 years younger, where do you think we would be right now in the economy? I guarantee you we'd be right Good there. Question. Like maybe not you, because your yeah. your your trajectory was straight through school. Like you were like, hmm, Berkeley, I win. Per, uh, where'd you go then? Purdue? No. Uh, Pepperdine. 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 Pepperdine, MBA, bada boom, bada bang. I'm Srini Rao. Now I own this amazing podcast. Um, my trajectory was a lot more squiggly than yours, right? I had like multiple oh, failures. Well, Okay, well, let's not forget that I got <laughs> fired from every single job that I was ever at between Berkeley and Pepperdine. I like how we're competing and I was crappier to... right now. My life was harder. <laughs> well, my life was harder before I became well, a millionaire. you know what? Fuck you. You're about to become a millionaire. I'm not. So uh, you're, I mean, I honestly think well, you're maybe, like a year away. But who knows? Maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe. All right. So, but like I said, let's get back to war. Okay. Because okay. if you think about the... Fun no. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, because it's relevant to decision making. Mm-hmm. So I realized after multiple conversations with White House staffers, presidential candidates, people who have been in political positions that as a public, we are always bitching about the fact that these people don't seem accountable to the citizens mm-hmm. and they don't. For the most part, I feel, you know, personally, that government has failed the citizens, particularly in the United States. Sure. I don't, I, I remember looking like one moment where I basically was like, yeah, Kamal Harris is off my list of people I would vote for. 
is when she talked about student loan debt and she didn't give a clear answer, she said, I'm willing to have a conversation about it. I'm like, that is a bullshit answer. Mm -hmm. That's not an answer. I'm like, I'm willing to have a conversation about it is not a solution. Not at all. And yeah, and it suggests that you haven't ever even thought about this before. And yet you're a candidate who's, you know, being voted in office because of your political yeah. opinions and your stance on issues, which, yeah. Yeah. So politics aside, yeah. but the point being that <laughs> after analyzing remember, the politicians, let's take politics aside. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, ironic. No, but here, here's the thing. What I realized, I read the Michelle Obama biography, I read the Barack Obama biography, uh, you know, and I've read the Clinton biography, but the Barack Obama biography in particular showed me something that I always knew was true. So imagine, Gareth, let's just say that you're running for president. That's the decision you've made. Terrible decision, God but okay. All, yeah, we're all doomed. Yeah, God help us all if Gareth runs for president. You know, Margaritas. Will be doing Margaritas keg, all around. People will be doing... <laughs> People will be doing keg stands on the lawn of the White House. Oh, actually, sounds like which a great would be idea. Amazing. That's a great. All right, <laughs> I'm in. Let's go. New goal: 2024. Right. So keg stands on the lawn. Of, hey, by the way, I hope that you'll invite me. You know, if you get inaugurated. <laughs> well, but, yeah, you're by the way, party now. Yeah. Well, by the way, I I can't run for president mm. because I wasn't born in the United, even though I'm an American citizen. Not that I was ever qualified to be the president wait, of the United wait, wait, States. A college well, professor. Qualifications apparently don't matter any longer, so we can just move on past <laughs> yeah. that. So no, no, no. So I, I had a college prof- uh, business school professor yeah. who told me she's like, "Shreeni, I love you." She's like, "I would never vote for you." <laughs> like, uh, like, it's probably a wise choice. <laughs> no, I mean, let's be honest. You and I both know that that kind of power. I would probably be the type of person who would abuse it. Look, all, all serious, all, all joking aside, would you actually want that? Like, I, no. I don't think I ever would. Yeah, and, and here's... No. This is the funny thing. Like, let me just get this out real quick. When I was in business school, working on my MBA, I used to think like, oh my God, I want to run a public company so bad. That would be so cool. Yeah. Take a company public, go, you know, billions of dollars, IPO. I become a multimillionaire, you know, worth 500 million overnight. The end. My life is awesome. I am so happy I didn't wind up going down that road. Because now, yeah. like, I, I don't, I'm not beholden well, to that. That's the, that pressure is insanity. That is absolutely a decision. Somebody once told me that that is a decision. I think it was Jeff Veen, a guy who sold the company to Adobe. He was one of our guests. Mm. And he said, he was like, that's a decision that's basically irreversible. And I know that, I mean, look, we took investor money. Right. You think I don't think about that every day? Like, I'm not. As much as I want to provide value to my listeners, I mean, I've made some tough choices. Like I've made decisions where I'm like, I will sacrifice our metrics for the value of our listeners and I will turn down high profile guests because I don't think that they will tell a good story. Right. Because to me, that's all this is about. So, But what do your investors have to say about that? I mean, I'm sure that's not always an easy conversation. No, no, that always, that comes at the cost of metrics. That's a decision Mm -hmm. with consequences. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. that takes us to consequences. And that's the thing about war is that like, I'm watching all these conversations about, oh, do we get involved? You know, do countries want to get involved? And then people say like, oh, is it wrong to leave, you know, a country that is basically facing this really formidable military, military presence to fend for themselves? Yeah, it's, it's absolutely wrong. We should be helping. Yeah. But the problem is that that is just, you know, getting them out of this mess is only one potential consequence. There are other consequences where 
you say, okay, we get involved in this, guess what? We go straight from a pandemic into a world war. Oh, yeah. And nobody wants that. Nobody does. Uh, Nobody on the planet wants that, which is why I can only imagine the kinds of decisions that world leaders are having to make right now and to tie it back to the whole campaign trail. I, I realized my old business partner, Brian, told me, he said, you know, like, think about running for president when you're not in the office and you're on the campaign trail, you're a marketer, you're making promises, you're doing what you can to get elected. Mm. Then, and Barack Obama wrote about this in his biography, which all of you should read. It's fantastic. Um, you go into White House, you're day one, and guess what? Somebody hands you your first intelligence briefing. Do you know how many decisions you have to make on day one to deal with all the world's bullshit and you're the person? that everybody expects to solve all these problems, you really think that you have time to think about all that shit you said on the campaign trail? No. You're basically putting out fires from the moment you step into office and you know you're going to have blood on your hands. Yeah. Yeah, they're not small decisions. I'm going to kill... I'm going to kill innocent people. Yep. And I don't know what to do. Like, have you ever seen the movie The American President with uh, Michael Douglas? I'm sure I have, although I can't recall it immediately. Great movie, by the way. But yeah. But... You know, there's this great line in the show where he's making a decision about an airstrike and somebody was like, oh, you're being so presidential. He's like, this is literally the least presidential thing I do. Mm. Um, And that's the thing. Like, decisions have consequences. Every decision you make doesn't have one consequence. It has multiple consequences. Yep. What's the worst decision you think you've ever made in your life, Gareth? Oh, my God. Sorry, I had to put you on the spot. Yeah, that was that was an abrupt. That wasn't even a segue, man. That was <laughs> that was like a Segways one a one a a one eighty. Um, God, the worst decision I ever made in my life. It's funny because I, it, you know, it, and I'm you really did catch me off guard. I'm not just pandering for the sake of pandering. But, uh, the first thing that came to me was the best decision I ever made in my life. Um, so ask me that one later. Um, Fine. Worst decision. I'm guessing it's marrying Sarah. No. Well, I mean, Sarah's wonderful, and I'm very fortunate to have her, but I wouldn't say that's the best decision I ever made. That's not the first one. There's one one decision I want to talk about. It's the worst one? One decision you made. What? No, no, no. What? There's a decision you made. No, tell me. There's a decision you made. You talked about it on our interview. Well, tell me what it is so that I can be, like, I sound smart. Yeah, 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 of course. (laughs) Your your decision was, I mean, that's that's a tall order. um, (laughs) So you made a decision... This is and this is relevant to all of our listeners. Yeah. Where you were laid off, mm-hmm. you had just bought a house, mm-hmm. you had a mortgage, and you got engaged in six months. And after you come back from your wedding, you get a job offer for 90 grand. And you made a decision not to take it and publish videos about Airtable <laughs> and spend five dollars a day. On YouTube ads. And I remember very distinctly in our interview, you said Sarah, Sarah almost stabbed me in my sleep. Let's talk about that decision. That was the decision that I thought was probably the best decision I ever made. That's exactly it. This is why we're best friends. Because you know that shit. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss hold up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Yeah. So well, that, among other things, <laughs> Gareth puts up with copious amounts of bullshit, which, by the way, you, you, we need to remind our listeners that if the introduction I made leads to $100,000 in revenue, <laughs> Gareth is going to pay off my car. We're going to put that out there every episode. Um, we'll, we'll keep going. And, you know, side note, Srini, that ball has moved forward down the court uh, in the last week. So it looks like your car might be paid off, bro. I don't know what to tell you, but um, that's a whole other that's conversation. Great. Yeah. Yep. Um, we'll get to that. We'll get to that in due time, my friend. So, no, yeah. that's exactly the decision that came to mind when you, I mean, you asked about the worst. I, I couldn't tell you the worst. Um, yeah. The, uh, it was probably like, honestly, the worst decision I ever made was probably like wasting time with some girl that didn't matter when I was in my twenties or something stupid, you know, like yeah. just something um, every, every one of us does that stupid or, you know, smoking yeah. cigarettes when I was a kid that I should have never picked up. Like, honestly, that's probably it. 
if I could go back and tell my past self, like I would have just said, like, never start smoking the end. Like, do you think your past self would have listened? No, of course not. But that would have been, that's the worst decision that I ever made was like adopting that habit because I held that habit for, you know, gosh, you know, probably 12 years or so. It was bad, but I'm I'm grateful to have kicked it now. I hope anyone listening who's struggling to kick it can kick it because that was nasty and I've been there and I know. But my best decision, mm, it was telling the man to pound sand. (laughs) So here's how how it goes, folks. In case you haven't listened to the episode, Srini said said it pretty much right, but it was a little out of order. I just got engaged. We just bought a house and then I got laid off. So I had this, I had this pretty good, you know, $75,000 a year job, which by all, you know, external metrics is pretty good. I felt good about my life. And yeah, you make that in a month, don't you? I mean, in revenue, but not in profit, but yeah. Okay. But, but I certainly blow that salary out of the water now with my, with my current earnings. But at the time, 75 a year gross, you know, which was like, what, 50K a year take home. And I got laid off and I found some contract work and was working for, you know, 35 bucks an hour, barely making ends meet because they didn't have a full, you know, book of business to give me. It was just like a couple hours here and there. Then they make me an offer, but the offer was so insulting. It was, it was better than what I was making before. The offer was for 90 K a year, which is great, but it was 30% less than what they paid the guy who had the job before me. The guy who had the job before was making 120 and they offered me 90 and they were like, Hey, and you actually had access to all that data, right? Because yeah. you were the one doing all it. Because I was in finance. <laughs> Dude, I was in finance. I yeah. knew everybody's everything. And so they were like, uh, yeah. So the guy we just laid off, uh, we're going to give you his job with, uh, without the title and without the pay. And I was like, uh, no, <laughs> if you think I'm as good as him, which I was, then, then pay me what I'm worth <laughs> or don't. Right. Yeah. And uh, that was the best decision I ever made was to tell him to pound sand because I was so frustrated by that, that I was like, something's got to give here. There's got to be better. There's got to be a better scenario out there. And that's what, that's what led to gap gap consulting my company. Well, so tell you what, I'm going to, you know, as we did before, we're going to bring a clip in from a previous episode. We just recently had Dan Pink on the podcast where he talks about regret. Okay. Take a listen. We are over-indexed on positive, we, especially Americans, we are over-indexed on positive emotions. And we've been taught somehow that you should always be positive, you should always think positive, that you should banish, <laughs> that you should banish the negative, that you should always look forward and never look backward. And here's the thing, that's a really bad idea, but it comes from a decent place because what we know is that positive emotions are enormously important. You want to have positive emotions. There are benefits to optimism. There are You want to have more positive emotions than negative emotions. But the thing is, we've gone too far in saying that you should only have positive emotions and that negative emotions, particularly our most common negative emotion, regret, is somehow dangerous, that it, that it weakens you. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So what's your takeaway from well, that? There's there's so much to unpack there. There is a lot to unpack there. That's why I pulled that. I mean, there are so many clips from that episode that we could unpack, but I thought regret was really tied to making decisions. I mean, uh, you know, Dan categorizes regrets in his book, The Power of Regret, another one you should all check out, into four categories. What he calls foundational regrets, which are finance, health, you know, smoking being an example. 
uh, boldness regrets, which is a perfect example of a situation that we're talking about here where you have an op- option to do something bold and you don't. Mm. Um, moral regrets, which are you know when you do the wrong thing knowingly, where you know maybe you bullied somebody, maybe you weren't nice to somebody because all kids in junior high are assholes, as we talked about last week. Seventeen-year-olds are idiots. No offense to all of you, are seventeen. Um, <laughs> you'll know soon enough. <laughs> you'll know soon enough. You'll you'll all have moral regrets. If you're a seventeen-year-old, I promise you, you'll have moral regrets. Oh, don't get me it's just started. Part of you know, adolescence is like a breeding ground for moral regret. Which sidebar? You know, I mean, Freddie and I met in adolescent in our adolescence. Yeah, so, but we didn't. But we weren't but, friends until then. Yeah, Anyway, so, until 20 yeah. years later, because our band director made a horrible decision. Yeah. Curse you, Pete Jackson. Yeah. You know, honestly, that was a shitty decision. He prevented friendships mm. from happening by maintaining a stupid tradition. So just for those of you who are in marching band in high school, <laughs> you'll cringe. We we have to share this story. We, I mean, it yeah, is our this, genesis. Yeah. So it's kind it of It is important. our genesis. This is how we became best friends. So mm. Gareth and I, Gareth played the trombone. Mm-hmm. I played the tuba. Mm-hmm. I was... Far better than Gareth was. Let's just be honest. I mean, no, I mean, yeah, band. no, no disrespect or no, no, yeah, that's a hundred percent true. So, like, I was he's telling know, the truth, folks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The only the only time you'll ever hear me tell the truth. So, um, anyways, but we would go to these marching band competitions, and I literally sat behind Gareth, literally in the stand, and. So not only that, I would give I, once in a while because Gareth's family lived right around the corner from my parents' house. Mm-hmm. Every now and then, I give him a ride home from school. Yeah, and you know why we didn't become friends for twenty years? Because our band director made the decision to literally make us sit at attention in the stands when we went to marching band competitions. We weren't allowed to talk to each other. Yep. Yeah, that was the stupidest decision that anybody has ever made as a high school teacher. No offense, Pete Jackson, but you're uh, a moron for making that decision. Yeah. Well, first of all, he's never going to listen. Gareth and I didn't. <laughs> Gareth and I became friends 20 years later because some guy decided to uphold the tradition that was completely outdated and moronic. Not only that, yeah. the worst part of all of this was that for a reward, when we did well, we got to go to another band competition and sit attention and, again. And, yeah, and, and, be punished, and be punished in the cold, sitting there, not yeah. talking to anyone. That was awful. Yeah. Yeah. This is the most moronic. Yeah. You're, moronic is the best word to describe. All right. Our high school so, bands. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. well, yeah, yeah, yeah. So regrets. I mean, I don't regret being in the high school band because you know what? I wouldn't have met you if and I same. hadn't been in the high school. Hundred percent. But but, but, but it was, you, like, it was an unintentional here. consequence. So I'm curious to know how yeah. Dan ranks that. Dan Pink. What does he think? Well, about there are him? unintentional unintentional consequences. That's you know there are unintentional consequences to a lot of our decisions. We don't always know what. I mean, we almost never know what the outcome of a decision is going to be. Mm. You know, so one of our guests, Michelle Florendo, basically broke it down. She said, you you have a decision, you have a probability of the desired outcome and the outcome. Mm. And often people don't think about the probability of the outcome. So they end up doing stupid things. Um, Okay, it's like, yeah, I mean, for example, you starting a business teaching trombone lessons instead of an air table (laughs) consulting business would have been a horrible decision. The probability of your success at that would be like literally zero. If anybody out no offense, there I'm sure you, has a trombone business where they make a million dollars a year in revenue, tell me about it. Because Shit, if you have a million dollars a year teaching trombone lessons, I want to interview you on the podcast. That's what I'm saying, because you're a, yeah, it makes no sense whatsoever. Uh, yeah. So yeah, All agreed, right. agreed. So, but wait, hold on, so, because from a finance yeah. perspective, because, you know, that's kind of like my background, you've got, you've got two things that determine an outcome. It's not just probability. It's also the yeah. 
the probability of an expected outcome. So when you look at something like this, like if you said, okay, I've got a 10% chance of making a million dollars a year or a 90% chance of making $10,000 a year, the way you would calculate the expected outcome, the expected you know value is completely different. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, the method is the same. You take the expected yeah. dollars times the probability. Okay, but you made the decision that had the lower probability. I don't know that I agree with that. I mean, okay, that's explain your logic. Here's here's okay. The probability of the out of uh, the probability of a successful outcome may have been low, I'll grant you that. The gamble that I took was minimal. And this goes back to something I said when you talked to me about taking small bets. Because all yep. I did in order to validate my hypothesis was put out a small video on YouTube that took me 10 minutes plus editing time. And, uh, yeah. and I spent five bucks a day. There you go. So that is a critical lesson here. We actually had Peter Sims here as a guest who wrote the book, Little Bets. Go back and listen to that. Gareth hit the nail on the head. Boom. This That's is why thing. he has me here, folks. <laughs> yeah. Well, that I, I, that I, I, I don't like talking to myself. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Do you have a trombone? God, I, that's going to be my next purchase now. I'm going to get a silver one for you. <laughs> Just so I can play make you in the play background. Wah, wah, wah. Exactly. Uh, babe, we don't want our listeners to unsubscribe. That would be bad. Uh, so. But that, that's that's actually a, a good example of thinking about risk and decision making. Mm. You know, because... Often we overestimate risk in certain situations. We underestimate it in others. Yeah. And the funny thing is, you know, so people often say like going and taking a steady job is, is risky. Look, I'm, I'm not under any delusion. I think that the whole quit your job, follow your passion thing is bullshit. I think, you know, we need to be mindful of context here. We need to make sure that people don't put themselves in situations that cause them harm. I'm, this is one of the things I always say when I'm teaching people is I, I preface everything with say, I say with, you should consider the possibility that everything I say is bullshit. Gareth probably thinks everything I say is bullshit anyways. So, yeah. um, but no, I do preface. Yeah, exactly. No, but I, I think the reason I say that is because too often we look at prescriptive advice and we follow it to the letter. That's why I always jokingly say my, my book with a publisher could have been called Everybody is Full of Shit. I still want to write a book called Everybody is Full of Shit. Um, Penguin probably <laughs> wouldn't have put their, their you know, seal of approval on that. It might have sold more copies. You'll probably need to self-publish, but I'm sure it's going to crush all of the other ones in terms of volume sold. It's, well, I mean, it's my, so my, my one, you know, my one thing is like, I'm not putting fuck in the title. Like, you know, oh, that, that's well, oh just, you couldn't possibly be a bestseller then. Not in this world. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. You know, how many? You know, it's like, I there, there little there should be, you know, there should be a section in every bookstore titled "fucking self help books" with all the books that have "fucking" in the title. <laughs> yeah, and we can blame Mark Manson for that. <laughs> Whenever you want, Mark Manson is an amazing writer. I love that book. He did a fantastic job. Um, but publishers lost their fucking minds after that. Yeah. Well, um, that's a, so okay. Yeah. So you. Moving on. We're talking about risk and decisions, right? Yeah. yeah. That's the thing. So Dan made a good point. Like, you know, we think about regret. I don't regret starting the Unmistakable Creative Podcast 10 years ago or 12 years ago. God knows how long since Zavara sends me an email and says, you're kind of an average writer, which is still true. I said, (laughs) but you're good at interviews. So do that. I mean, I mean, even after a book deal with a publisher, I don't believe that I'm a great writer. And like, I'm still an average. 
the average writer. I mean, the mm. results speak for themselves. Far more people listen to this podcast than have ever read my books. In fact, I'm guessing most of my listeners haven't read my books. And, you know, they're on Amazon if you want to buy them, but I won't be offended. I mean, I'm basically living off of the fact that you listen to this show. And so if you don't read books, fun fact, I don't listen to podcasts, um, but everybody fun knows fact. that because I've mentioned that before. <laughs> uh, but no, I, mean, I think that, you know, we're looking at decisions that we would have regretted. I would have regretted not starting a podcast. Would like, you have? If I, if, imagine getting to now. I Look, I got 10, 10 years ago, 12 years ago, nobody was listening to podcasts. Right. I just did this because I was curious. I was like, oh, that sounds fun. I need something to do. And I had a job at the time. So I was like, okay. But if I got to now, and I remember that email that Sid set, sent, and I pulled it up, I'd be sitting here thinking, damn, what did I miss out on because of this? You know? That's the thing about boldness mm. regrets. Like, so my roommate Tim is moving to, to South America for the summer. One of the things he said to me was like, I feel like if I don't do this now, I never will. You know, and we all have, you know, this combination of decisions where you have decisions with high reversal costs, decisions with low reversal costs, Mm. decisions where the consequences are significant and decisions where they're not. So tell me about the stupidest decision that you've ever wasted time on. Usually they involve Amazon purchases for me, where it's like, oh, is this brand of soap $2 cheaper? What's yours? You know, the biggest, the biggest regretful decision I've ever had is not buying Bitcoin 10 years ago. <laughs> okay, don't even, like, I don't know enough about crypto. We're not doing any episode. Well, what? if we really, I'm not if, trying to get like, we do all ep- like crypto. I'm just saying, if like, we do an episode on crypto, like literally I will just sit here in silence and ask you questions. Let, let, all right. And I, I, and, and I do that every week already for interviews. Hopefully. <laughs> I mean, this is like my one chance to not listen well. Granted, Gareth can attest to the fact. So some of you have think that I do a really good job listening. Gareth will tell you. He's like, Trini doesn't listen for shit. And any listener. Oh, in personal context? No. And so li- literally any listener who has set me up on a date with a friend of theirs <laughs> is always annoyed because they're like, I'm completely shocked that my friend said you didn't listen. And I'm like, yeah, I do that for a living. Yeah. He, he's he's cracked the code on listening for the podcast, but uh, on personal level, when Strenny comes over, it's uh, about ninety five percent of the time learning about what's happened in Strenny's life, and five percent of the time me saying, "Hmm, that's interesting." <laughs> I, I I would say seventy five twenty five ninety five ninety five five might be a bit exaggerated, but you know that's because that's he's not listening. What, <laughs> yeah, fuck you, but. All right. All right. So, so I mean, all right. That's, yeah. that's my biggest regret is not buying crypto 10 years ago when I heard about it because it's at 41, yeah. like Bitcoin's 41. Like I'm not going to get all into it. Right. Because uh, frankly, I don't know all that much about it, but $41,000 is like today's Bitcoin price. And I could have bought it, you know, 10 years ago for a hundred bucks. Yeah. But I mean, honestly, like that, that's a regret. I mean, honestly, how much are you suffering for that regret? Well, a lot. I mean, that's what a, a 41,000 X or 40, 4,100 X. Yeah, sure. But is your quality of life any worse off for that? I mean, come on. <laughs> no, that's but, well, but You're here, well, hold on. Let's turn, let's turn this around because you just told me and, and I've got the recording to prove it. Thanks. Thanks podcast that yeah, you just said that, um, that you would regret having not started a podcast, but how would you know? Oh yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I couldn't have known. Boom. Did you see that, everybody? Did you see it? Did you see it? 
I mean, that's, I mean, yeah. that's just what I'm saying. Like, yeah, there are definitely things that we look back on where we're like, mm, we thought about doing a thing at a time and it didn't happen. Yeah. And ah, uh, in hindsight, I really wish I did that thing. Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you. So this is something that I, I wrote about in Unmistakable. I said, you know, one of the things I realized when I got to age 30, I was like, holy shit, I'm living at my parents' house. I'm spiritually, financially, and emotionally broke. The only good thing <laughs> wow. that actually came from Riverside was the fact that Gareth and I reconnected. That was the best thing about being there. That's a big like, thing. We wouldn't have reconnected. Oh yeah, my God. That was the Thai food that we had in Riverside, bro. I still think about it. I still it. remember that. I still think about yeah. it. Mm, so good. Well, I'm, I still remember, like, I came to, to Colorado to visit Gareth. He's like, oh, I, you know, we, I don't remember why why we're talking about this. And you're like, we're talking about speeches or something. And you're like, hey, uh, do you want to be the best man at my wedding? And I'm like, are you serious? I've never gotten to be the best man at anybody's wedding. Yes, of course I would. Although there are no speeches at your wedding. Granted, I'm sure you would have been like, ah, fuck, you know, what a waste of time. Uh, no, I think a speech from you would have been super I, fun. I monetized my my uh, wedding speech at my sister's wedding. Did you? Yeah, you didn't know that. No, how did I you monetize this. it? No, go. Well, so but anyways, uh, some people know this. Uh, so you know, you go to an Indian wedding. For all the Indian people listening to this, they're like, "Yeah, this all sounds familiar." Mm. If you're the older unmarried brother, I mean, you're basically a walking target for all the Indian aunties. Oh, and I was just like, "Yeah, you know what?" I'm like, "You guys are gonna basically." Asked me when I'm getting married after this speech and after the reception. I'm like, you know what? I'm like, I'm going to make this really easy for all of you. I put up a slide with my uh, a picture of my my sister was like, you have slides. I'm like, I'm a professional speaker. Of course, I have slides. <laughs> and so I put up a you know, picture with my phone oh. number. I put up a slide with my phone number. And I was like, hey. I know all you, it's like, I literally said for all you aunties who want to know when I'm going to get married, you can text profiles, pictures, and all other relevant information to this number. Now let's get to why we're actually here. You want to talk about the most unvated, unmotivated bunch of shitty employees. Like granted, they're all unpaid, but they're the worst unpaid employees in the world. Like aunties? literally have Indian you know, aunties. Yeah. They're terrible. See, they didn't do anything. Here's the thing. And this? not only that, I was like <laughs> a week later, I was like, I should have like an apprentice style elimination process where i'm like you didn't send me a single picture you didn't send me a single text message you know and even after indian matchmaking one auntie sent me a picture and i'm like seriously like these are your standards and even her own daughter was like her standards are questionable okay and i'm like all right cool see this right here this is why you would have needed to hire gap consulting to build you an air table system because <laughs> we could have automated that so that you only got applicable like like qualified applications that, that, and we could have even made it so that you got paid when they submitted the application. Like, come on. So that the best like part, a waste as, of everyone's as far time. as how, how I monetized. So my brother-in-law, Shovik, one of his friends came up to me and was like, do you, that was amazing. How do you do this? And like King Shook, one of our old teammates was there. He was like, yeah, he literally gets paid to do this. And even, you know, like people would go up to my sister and like, wow, your brother is such a good speaker. And she was like, yeah, he literally has the unfair, the most unfair advantage. He literally gets paid to do this. In fact, I was with you the week before the wedding. I was at your house the week before the wedding. Were you? In my, my current house or sp- my old house? No, the old house. Okay. So I was there to do a speaking engagement. And for some stupid reason, I got sick. Uh, but my sister was like, this guy literally gets paid to do this. Of course, he's good at this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, so that all being said, uh, you know, 
we're back to decisions. I lost my train of thought. I don't know about you. I don't even remember how we ended up. I have up no there. idea, but here's something we got to say while we're on the topic of weddings. Um, my wife is super excited to watch you get married if and when that ever happens so that you can come in on a when, elephant. hopefully not if. So, well, well, you'll, but it's all about the that. elephant. Well, I'm a, it's about the elephant. I'm, I'm, I'm more excited <laughs> to see you in Indian clothes. I'm going to happily wear whatever you put me in, but I am paying for the elephant. Let me do that for you. More than that, I'm I'm more excited that you and I are going to have to take a trip to India together to shop. Oh my god, it's going to be epic! Prob- we have we probably have listeners who will show us like this amazing time. Everywhere. Let's go, let's go. Yeah, dude. I'm I'm all sure. in. But uh, okay, so, so like all all you know ridiculousness aside, well, no, that all ridiculousness aside, that's a that's an incredibly important decision. That is a decision. Who you marry is thank you. So David Brooks, the author. Uh, who wrote uh, The Road to Character, A Social Animal, and several other books, New York Times you know, columnist, amazing author. He said, who you marry is the most important decision you'll ever make. Yes. And I had a college professor that said the same thing. And I kind of just like took it in stride at the time. But there's so yeah. much importance to that. There's so much importance to it. And and as someone who's been married twice, you know, my first marriage obviously didn't work out. And my second marriage, thankfully, has been a 180 on that first experience. I'm so, so grateful to have met somebody who meets me where I need to be and like helps support me, you know, encourages my dreams as I hope I do for her as well. Yeah. I mean, you know, we've been talking, you know, hopefully entirely like you, you've gotten the message. Our goal is to make this combination of both entertaining and educational. <laughs> but, you know, we're talking about decisions and we've gone in a bunch of different directions. We've talked about war. Um, yeah. So we go back to this idea of regret. You know, and Gareth regretted not investing in Bitcoin. I reg- I would have regretted not starting the podcast. Um, we've talked about the decisions that we didn't regret, and we danced on a little bit on, on the decisions we do regret. I'll tell you, I don't know. So my sister and I have had this conversation about business school multiple times, mm. where there's a small part of me that regrets a decision because, you know, it buried me in a mountain of debt. Yeah, um, yeah. But... Same. There are a lot of things that wouldn't have happened. That's the interesting thing about decisions is that there are all these unpredictable consequences. Had I not gone to Pepperdine, I would have not studied abroad in Brazil. Right. Had I not gone to Brazil, I wouldn't have caught my first wave. Had I not caught my first wave, I wouldn't have become a surfer. Had I not become a surfer, mm. I wouldn't have gotten a book deal. My entire first book deal was organized in surf metaphors. That's the irony of decisions is that a decision you regret can lead to consequences that you don't. And I never thought about that until now. Dude, it's so, it's so true. I mean, there's so many decisions that we try to make with an informed outlook on how they will turn out. But in truth, we don't really have any guaranteed outcome on any decision. And it, it adds a layer of ambiguity to decision-making but it's also what makes life exciting. If you take that away, then what's the yeah? I mean, what's the freaking point? If you if you, if you knew how everything was going to turn out, what would be the point? So yeah, uh, I I want to bring a clip in that I think will will you know bring us full circle nicely on this entire topic of decision. Take a listen. Most of us have been raised to ask three dollar questions, right? Oh, should I buy lattes? That alkaline water? Oh, I don't know. I want this uh, Lacroix, but the generic one is thirteen cents cheaper. I was raised to think about those questions myself. Most of us have been raised to ask $3 questions, but we really should be asking $30,000 questions. 
the big ones. That's what these rules are about. Those rules include things like, do I have a good job and am I paid well? Okay, that's important. Spend time developing those skills. Am I automatically saving and investing? That's important. That's going to be worth hundreds of thousands of dollars. Have I married, if I'm married or if I'm in a relationship, is it with the right person? That is massive. And that's actually one of my money rules, which is probably the most controversial one of all. But most of us, we're asking these questions. Should I buy a latte? Should I get an extra large instead of a large? When in reality, if we get these five to 10 big wins in life right, we never have to worry about lattes or cheesecake or any other $3 questions. What have been the $3 questions you've asked yourself in your life, Gareth? I mean, all the ones that he just mentioned, right? I'll tell you the one that sticks out to me. There was this guy I used to work with. He was a controller. So for you folks who aren't in the finance and accounting world, $100,000 a year roughly is, is what this job pays, plus or minus knows his way around accounting and and is the leader of the accounting team in most cases. And the controller at this particular job told me, maybe he was the assistant controller, doesn't matter. Anyway, the controller told me, I still think about whether I should have guacamole on my Chipotle orders or not. (laughs) I'm like, are you kidding me? It's like, what, dude? A couple bucks? Per order, why are you thinking about this? Why are you wasting time and energy processing this? And Srini, this makes me think about like the most ridiculous part about decisions, which I don't think we've called out directly. We talked about Steve Jobs a little bit earlier, but not in this context. Steve Jobs talked about decision fatigue and about why he wore the same clothes every day and about how he tried to reduce the number of decisions he had to make so that when he had to make a decision, it mattered. Guys, if you're sitting there at the Chipotle counter wondering if you should have guacamole on your burrito and that's like taking up your bandwidth, I don't know how to help you. Like, that's an absurd decision. (laughs) I'm not trying to be an asshole, but that's an absurd decision. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, look, the you know, it's funny. My my friend Nick Notice, who's a dating coach, who I, I did some work with, oh yeah, actually had an article on his website titled where he talked about the fact that there are a lot of people who spend spend more time on their Amazon purchases than they do choosing their future romantic partners. Oh my gosh, are you serious? And well, he has like, the data so to Amazon, back that up. He, he's not. Like, well, he Amazon, does this. yeah. Well, Amazon is a great example. I mean, I, every one of us is guilty of this. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you, but I've been on Amazon. I'm like, oh, you know, which brand of Post-it notes is better? Which brand of, you know, Post-it notes has better reviews? Which whiteboard what? is better? Which soap? I stopped doing this after that conversation with Ramit. I was like, I, you know, so recently I ordered reusable Post-it notes. I wasn't sure whether they were going to be any good. They were awesome. But, <laughs> you know, it's like, this is a $10 purchase, like a $10 purchase that will absolutely have no long-term <laughs> impact on you know, how this is all going to turn out. What? Okay, first of all, for any of your listeners who have accessed reusable Post-its, please let us know because I'm super curious if they're any good. But at the same time, I can't believe, Srini, that you're sitting here actually debating about buying reused Post-its. What does it matter? Yeah, that's the thing, right? Like, how many... 
different, you know, like brands of soap do you look at as if it's going to matter? Zero. Or, I have it on auto renew. I buy my soap. Yeah, yeah. My body lotion comes from Harry's. Plug for Harry's. Nice. Love your razors. They work for me. <laughs> and you guys should sponsor our podcast. And yeah, why haven't you sponsored this already? Yeah, for real. But I'm also on the. Yeah, I use Harry's razors too. I mean, Indian, Indian people are really hairy. So, man, like, I, if I shave yeah, once by tomorrow, I'll be basically back to a five. Do you have to shave daily, really? Daily? I don't have to shave daily, but. You know, every other day. My my yeah. mom's brother, on the other hand, like that man is like a Sasquatch. Like he literally twice I, a day. I mean, I I mean, if he shaves in the morning by evening, he's oh, wrong. Oh my gosh, poor guy. My my skin yeah, can't take it because I'll just get razor burn. That, that's literally. I mean, honestly, if Harry's wants to make a killing, go to India. They're, they're, huh? You know, huh? like I always say, Johnny Walker should sponsor Indian weddings. Mm. Harry should just you know target India. That'd be the market. Like you know where they would just make a killing a billion people who are all basically dealing with facial hair. Good to know. I'll let them, I'll let yeah. them know if, when they call us for help with the air table. Yeah, absolutely. You should let them know, you know, between <laughs> that and paying off my car payment, you know, I think we'll, we'll, we'll basically <laughs> we'll be, be even. good. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, yeah. We'll be even at that point. All right. Well, look, so one other thing we want to give a shout out to people who wrote in, uh, we said we wanted to hear from you, and we really appreciate the fact that you wrote in. Uh, Russell wrote in, and he said, you know what? I started listening to you at the beginning of the pandemic, and a better person because of you. Gareth is probably laughing. He's like, you've made people a better person? <laughs> no. <laughs> but honestly, that 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 was really, really you know, surprising. kind. I mean, oh, thank you. kind, kind. And, yeah. yeah. That's what we meant. Kind. Well, surprising, yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, Gareth is like, Srini makes people a better person? That's shocking. How yeah. in the world does Srini make people a better person? Yeah. You know, I mean, I hope we do. You know, it's uh, that that's ultimately that's why we do this. We want to, you know, I mean, of course, we run a business, not a charity, as I like to remind people constantly. So check out our sponsors, you know, buy our courses. Those are the things that really matter. Of course. We know that, you know, podcasts are free. You know, advertisers pay the bills. Yes. But, you know, we also have our own bills to pay. Gareth has a baby to raise. Although Gareth doesn't need any more money. <laughs> no. So fuck don't worry, Gareth. Don't worry about me. Yeah, don't worry about Gareth. Those are his problems, not mine. <laughs> Buy his course. You know, he's going to, you know, send me a commission you know, or pay off my car. So uh, for every, you know, copy of whatever his course is called, you buy. Um, you want to plug your course? Yeah. If you guys want to learn about automation, that's what our course teaches. Airtable automation. We talked about optimizing for laziness last week. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah. I, I think that, that to me, this was, you know, one of those things that I thought about a lot um, based on all the conversations on decision making, uh, you know, and decisions matter. That's really what this is ultimately about. Like, you know, you and the funny thing is that we make big and small decisions every day, whether you respond to an email, whether you click on a link, you know, give some thought to the decisions you're making. Don't just blindly make decisions because believe it or not, all those decisions add up. They have a drain on your cognitive bandwidth. They lead to decision fatigue. 98% of the decisions you make, like Gareth said, either could be automated, as he said last week, mm-hmm. could be made by somebody else, and most of them are important. Actually, I want to wrap this up with one <clears throat> last concept. Um, we talked about hiring briefly last week. We said we we're going to address this. Mm. And you had an opportunity to hire somebody. I lost an employee recently mm. um, and made a bad decision on a hire uh, that didn't really turn out the way I hoped it would. Um, 
which was a good decision at first and turned out to be a bad decision later. And what about you? Did you did you end up hiring the girl for two hundred thousand a year? God, no. The job doesn't doesn't constitute that amount. The no. responsibility and the contribution that the role brings to the team is not of that level of value. So yeah. even though that's what right. she wanted, and we talked about that in the last episode, uh, no. So no. we're looking for somebody that fits the bill. And uh, hopefully oh, we find them. Well, actually, actually, let our listeners know what you're looking for. There are thousands of people listening. Maybe one of them is a fit. Hey, listen, if you're a no-code developer, you understand Airtable and automation in no-code environments, hit me up. 100%. You know, send, send Serenity an email. He'll put us in contact. I'll give him a commission, so, and we'll be good by to the go. Way, <laughs> no, no, and, and that person, by the way, is going to contribute to my car payment. So now <laughs> you have two people who are responsible for paying my car off. Oh, my gosh. Before you know it, I'm just going to be buying you a Mercedes all over the place. Does, that, does Everybody knows you drive a Mercedes, right? Yeah, well, well they do now. I mean, they, <laughs> just to be clear, it is the lowest end oh, Mercedes. Oh, please. It is. It costs as much as a Camry. Uh, I don't believe it. I don't believe that for a second. I've seen that thing on the road. But hey, I've I've got a, a, a thing I'd like to bring up before we wrap, if it's cool. And if not, yeah, just to cut course. it out. No, no. So I've got a two and a half year old, almost two and a half at home. Amazing kid. You know, for those parents out there, you've seen your kids grow through these different stages. And it's incredible. All the stuff that they do. My daughter last night left the bathroom in her nightly ritual after having brushed her teeth and all this stuff. And she normally gets to turn the light off as we leave the bathroom. She's at a very independent this stage. This is a two-year-old? Two-and-a-half-year-old, yeah. So Wait, I, she knows how to turn the light off? Well, of course. I mean, like, you know, understand that I'm holding her, right? I've got her, like... What, are you mus- raising, like, a Nobel laureate in the, <laughs> the making? <laughs> no, this is... I mean, hey, man, it's, a, it's, it's binary. It's Boolean. It's one or zero. It's on or off. Come on. It's not that hard. All right. So um, she's leaving. She's leaving Speaking the bathroom. Of, by the way, that, that <laughs> there's total segue. Speaking of lights, I, I'm sorry. I had to interrupt you on this one. Uh-huh. So this is like an ongoing fight with me and my dad. And, you know, so Indians will appreciate this. The rest of you will probably be like, we have no idea what he's talking about. But um, in India, there's this thing called Diwali. Diwali is the festival of lights. Mm. So everybody in our, in our family leaves the lights on. It's just, I don't know what it is. My mom does it. My sister does, does it but I'm the worst offender. And literally my dad follows around, follows around the house. He's like, what the hell? He's like, it's not Diwali. Turn off the fucking lights. Mm. Well, so I, honestly, I think for next Christmas, I'm going to get them those light bulbs that, you know, smart lights that turn off when you leave a room. Oh my, that's the best. Do that. Because yeah. as your best friend, or as one of your best friends, then, I, then I we can celebrate Diwali whenever we want. This is true. Gareth knows this. Like when I leave his house, granted, after the ADD <laughs> diagnosis, a lot more made sense. But even then, he's like, dude, he's like, you know, you visited like three months ago and we still find things from when you were here. Yeah. There's there's still Q-tips in the, in the you know, the nightstand. Like, well, how did this get here? Oh, Srinny was here last yeah. month. Uh, it makes sense. Exactly. So just so you know, if you invite me to over your house, We'll basically mm-hmm. leave you with memories of the fact that I was there. Oh yeah, it's it's the gift that keeps on giving. It's nice, but <laughs> <laughs> but hey, here true 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 uh, true to form. Our daughter was our two and a half year old. You know, leaving the bathroom, and she didn't get to turn off the light last night. 
she had a meltdown. And now the rest of the nightly ritual is totally lost. She doesn't get the opportunity or, or, or doesn't appreciate the opportunity to kiss mommy, kiss daddy, you know, get a story read to her because she's like sobbing through the whole thing. And something that I... Turning off a light? Yeah, because she didn't turn... Well, I mean, come on, man. She's she's not even three. But the the ripple effect of this, it honestly, I, I, I think of you, Sereni, in these moments because you talk so often about, you know, how folks should divorce themselves from the immediate consequence. The immediate consequence or the immediate... <laughs> problem of having not turned off the light was so short-lived you know for you and me as adults we can look at it and go oh my god you didn't turn off the light what's the big deal move on give mom and dad a kiss and get your story read and let's get tucked into bed but for her it was like meltdown scenario you know someone else turned off the light switch and i think if we can take if we can change our perspectives on decision making and allow ourselves to make more mistakes We'll make better decisions. Ooh. Well, you know what? I think you teed up next week's episode perfectly. We're Let's gonna talk go. about failure and mistakes. Let's go. Beautiful. Here we go. That is beautiful. <laughs> All right. What a what a see now I don't even think of ideas anymore for episodes. This is why we have these conversations. That's why you pay Fine. me a car payment every episode. Is that what we're doing? That's what we agreed, right? That's the, the reverse <laughs> of the decision you were thinking about. It's you paying off my car all in one payment. Shit. So, all right. Yeah. Nice try. <laughs> Thanks, man. But, all right. So, for those of you who are new to the Unmistakable Creative, welcome to our universe. Uh, <laughs> we hope that we alter your reality and show you a world that you've never seen before. Uh, because, honestly, there are times when I think that, you know, as Neo said to Morpheus in the Matrix, you've mm-hmm. been living in a world where reality is not real. You know, we're going to show you a world that has been blinding you to the truth. This is a very deep rabbit hole of all sorts of crazy people with ideas that will transform your life. If you're new, make sure you hit subscribe so you can hear more episodes like this one. Believe me, most of them aren't this crazy. We actually talk to experts as you heard. Well, these ones are this crazy, but you've, you know, with the, the clips we've played, their interviews with Dan Pink, with Ramit Saithi, with Annie Duke. We have actually two interviews with Annie Duke in the archives. Um, but next week we're going to talk about failure. I love that. Like considering that my entire life has been a series of failures. I think this is going to be that that's going to be a really fun one. Um, you know, we will, we'll, so just a, a preview of, you know, why I got such piss poor grades in college, why I got fired from all my jobs. You're going to get to hear about all those and you're going to get to hear about Gareth's five failed businesses, oh my God. Um, which is going to reveal all sorts of awful things about both of us. <laughs> so stay tuned for that. Gareth, any Parting words of wisdom for our audience. Oh my God, no! I've shared too much. Let's kick it off. Yeah, already. we've 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 overshared. I think, like you know, that that's a bad decision right there. That's a perfect example of a decision. If you're a public figure, you know, never. We'll do another episode on that vulnerability. Like you know, the difference between vulnerability and oversharing. That's another mm. episode. Wow, we just came up with three episode ideas by making one decision. I there quit. you go, and that actually, yeah. <laughs> Well, that is a perfect example right there of how one decision leads to multiple consequences. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Unmistakable Creative Podcast. While you were listening, were there any moments you found fascinating, inspiring, instructive, maybe even heartwarming? 
Can you think of anyone, a friend or a family member who would appreciate this moment? If so, take a second and share today's episode with that one person, because good ideas and messages are meant to be shared. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Have you ever felt a twinge of worry about AI taking over your job or diluting your creativity? Well, what if you could turn that fear into creative fuel? We've just published an amazing new ebook called The Four Keys to Success in an AI World. And this is more than just a guide. It's a deep exploration into the human skills that AI can't touch. The skills that are essential for standing out and thriving, no matter how much technology evolves. We're talking about real differentiators here like creativity, emotional intelligence, critical thinking, and much more. Inside, you'll find actionable insights and strategies to develop these skills, whether you're a creative person, a business person, or just simply someone who loves personal development. This isn't a story about tech taking over. It's a story of human creativity thriving alongside AI. Picture this AI as your creative co-pilot, not just as a tool, but a collaborator that enhances your unique human skills. The Four Keys ebook will show you exactly how to do that and view AI in a new way that empowers you instead of overshadows you. Transform your creative potential today. Head over to unmistakablecreative.com slash four keys. Use the number four, K-E-Y-S. That's unmistakablecreative.com slash four keys and download your free copy.